We thank you for all that you are, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Bless your wonderful name. Praise God. Also today at the church, don't forget, Oasis is going to be going to Blue Water. And so um, if you are 55 or older, you please make sure and be a part of that. That's Oasis. Older adults still in service. They are so important to us because they are still working for the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen. So anyway, today I want to talk to you just a minute about friend of sinners. Friend of sinners. So we need to be friends of sinners. Jesus was called friend of sinners. And when they called Jesus a friend of sinners, it didn't go that well, did it? It was, it was, not, it was not like, uh, oh, you're a friend of sinners. That's wonderful. It was a negative thing for him, wasn't it? Um, but have you ever felt like you didn't belong somewhere? You felt like that, that you didn't fit in somewhere? You know, um, and, you, you know, maybe you wore a suit somewhere and everybody else had home regular clothes, you know, blue jeans and stuff, or you wore blue jeans somewhere that everybody else was dressed up. You know, or maybe you had a conversation, you were having a conversation with, with someone, and they were just talking like way over your head, with a, you were like in a group of three, and you felt like the third wheel. Um, you know, maybe you were in a class and you asked a question that you were serious about, you thought it was a real serious question, <coughs> excuse me, and, um, and you asked a question and everybody laughed about it. You know, um, well, well, a lot of times when, when, when sinners are in the house of God, they feel like they don't belong. And they come to church, and, and we're the ones who make them feel that way, that they don't belong here. Um, and so we need to do what we can to try to make them feel um, like they, they are welcome, they are, that they belong here, and they are welcomed here. Amen? Um, so the, the church is, is, is unique and essential in its mission. Um, and Matthew 28, at the, end of, at the end of Matthew 28, you know, he taught, Jesus talks to us and gives us a sermon about, and, and about the, what we call the Great Commission. The Great Commission. It was after Jesus' resurrection from the grave, but before he ascended to heaven. And it was called the Great Commission. And he said in Matthew 28, 19 and 20, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And surely um, I am with you always to the very end of the age. That is called the great commission. That is not the great omission. And it's not the great suggestion. It's a great commission. It's, a, it's for what we are as Christians are supposed to do. Um, Christ in, in Matthew had about 148 different little, little sermonettes that he preached and then this one here was the very last one that he gave and, and we as a church um, as Christ honoring Christ loving church saying that we want to make disciples um, saying that we needed to do that. We need to be able to do that ourselves and we need to go into all, of, all, of the na all nations and all nations talks about all people Right, so it's just not a certain people. It's not people that you just agree with. Just people that you that you're in line with. People that you hang with. It's talking about everybody. There's nobody in, in in Wilmington that should not be welcome to come here to church on any given Sunday, and we have a responsibility to live out this mission and not just do church. We we even if if any sinners are not in here or not, well, we have to not just do church. We can't let it be something that we, on our daily calendar, that we check off that we did. You know, it's, it's, it needs to be something that we be. We, are, we should not do church. We should be the church. And so we need to, to, to do that and, and have that Christ-honoring um, atmosphere. And we need to understand and embrace what church means to live on that mission. You know, and that's why I have these, um, these little things in the back for Easter. 
There, you know, it talks about, you know, everything that's going on on Easter. Um, and it's, I got about 500 of them. We got, we got two weeks left. So that's 250 a week. I need you to give out, you know. And I've been, we, we've had them for about three weeks, you know. But there's not very many, been, been, very many of them been given out. So, so, so why would that be? Is it that we don't care? We're, we're too busy when we're leaving? We're not thinking? What is it? We need to be, why? And we'll talk about it in a minute. We need to live intentionally. I'm, I'm not there yet, but we need to live intentionally and, and intentionally think, I'm going I'm to invite people to church. I'm going to try to lead my friends to Christ. I'm going to do what I can to help someone to Christ. And it's, a little, it's really cool and relevant and cool, and, and it's, it's really, really got a beautiful picture on our front, you know, some, something that they could probably sit around the house if they wanted to. Um, and sit and look at it because it just reminds them of, of the cross. And if we, if, if we are going to um, desire to be in Christ, we need to be in step with the Spirit. Stay in step with the Spirit of God. Paul was talking to the, the, the church in Galatia and was encouraging them about their freedom in Christ. And, and he shared with them um, the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, kindness, meekness, temperance, and faith. And he was sharing all those things. And then, then he said the, these 14 words. He said, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Okay, you ever, you ever talk to your kids when you're trying to bring them into church or come and go and you're in a mall or you're in a restaurant somewhere, and you're like, come on, keep up, keep up, right? You know, you know I know in the military, whenever I was in the military, you know, we had a march in line, you know, you're left, you're right, right, you're right, I left, you're right, I live, you know, and you had to be in cadence, you had to walk together, you know, side by side, and whenever, you know, I was in band, we had to do, we had to do things, we had to keep, you know, if we did a pinwheel, everybody, these people take short steps, and these people take big steps, and so you need to keep up with the pinwheel, right, and so the thing is, 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 is if we're going to, we're going to be in Christ, we need to keep up with the Spirit, and keep up with what God is doing in the land. Um, and and we got to keep in step and do that. So um, the danger is that we don't take the time to seek God to keep in step. How do we keep in step? We pray and we read the God's word. Everything that we talk about, you know, talk, talk about the Bibles being the bookends. Everything that we do always comes back to the word of God, of, of, of us praying. How do, you, how do you keep in step? You pray, you read your Bible, you come to church, and you fellowship and love other people, right? Um, Jesus gave this church, the church the foundational message to go into the world and make disciples. But many, many times we have good intentions of helping others experience the truth, but, but it's not really what's happening. See, there's a big difference between good intentions and being intentional. Good intentions and being intentional. One is wishful thinking, and the other one is making a difference. You know, everybody, everybody in here, I guarantee you, had intentions on grabbing some of these. You know, but the thing is, we weren't intentional when we left to grab them and, and take them out. Or maybe we grab them from here, but we're not intentional in thinking about it to pass them out at the restaurant, to leave them in bathrooms or wherever, at the gas station, wherever we can, just to let people. You know what? And is you're going to pass all these out where we're going to have 500 people show up? No. But it, it, it's marketing. It lets everybody see that we're doing stuff. And also it reminds people, where everyone they see it, they may be getting ready to kill themselves. And then they look over and, and they see this somewhere, laying somewhere, and they're like, Wow, there's a cross. Man, maybe I need to change my life. You never know. What, you know, it's not just about people showing up to church. You know, there's been, there's been some of these been sitting around for a really long time, and I think it was Craig or somebody was telling me a story, or maybe it was somebody was saying that, that someone had given someone an invitation. I think it was uh, Pastor Matt at the retreat this week. He said it was an invitation that someone had, and they had somebody give it to him, and he just threw it on the table, and they were going through a really hard time in their life, and like nine months later, they, saw, they went by and saw that little, that little invitation sitting there. And they're like, I, didn't know, I don't know where to go to church, but I got this invitation. Here, I can go to this church. 
So you never know what, what the, the, these means. But, but so let's not be wishful thinking and, and let's make an intention and think about who am I going to invite? Who am I going to bring? You know, because we want sinners in the house, especially on Easter, right? You know, next week I want to try to see if we can do some communion. And then, and then, but on Easter, well, I, want, I want the house full. I want, I want God to really save souls. I want baby souls back there saved and, 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 and people coming to Christ left and right on that day. Not just here, all over Wilmington. We often hear that Jesus was a friend of sinners. And we, sometimes we misunderstand what that means. Like I said, we think that he just hung out and got drunk and played and partied it up all night long with sinners to try to talk to him, right? But that's not what it was. There's five main, there's five main um, passages of, we don't think that. That's what a lot of people think when they read it. Um, but, but, but there's five main passages, and I don't have them written down up here because they're kind of long. There's a bunch of them but in, in that talk about him in this situation. Matthew 9 9 through 13, and then it talks about it in Mark and Luke as well, where, where Jesus was calling Matthew to be a tax collector, um, to, to come to Christ, to come to him. And it says, we find Jesus reclining at the table with tax collectors and sinners. And he said, and it said, and there were many who followed him. When the scribes and Pharisees grumbled uh, about who he keeps company with, Jesus tells them, it's not the, it's not the, the healthy that need a doctor. For he has not come to call the, the righteous, but sinners to repentance. You know, it's not the healthy. When you're healthy, you don't need a doctor, right? And so why would he need to hang around with the Christians all the time? Now we do because we, it's fellowship and love, and we need to have a relationship like that. But, but he said, you know what? I need to go to these people. They need Jesus. And, the, um, and then the second one is in, is, is in um, Matthew eleven sixteen through 19. Here Jesus rebukes the people um, of this generation. Because they had rejected John the Baptist for being too tight and the Son of God for being too, um, too, too loose. And so they called him a friend of sinners and it was an insult to him from them. So for him it wasn't. But for them they, they hurled it at him as a, 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 uh, a negative thing, a derogatory. You're a friend of sinners like you're, you're one of them kind of things. And then number three, Luke chapter 7, 36 through 50, um, right on the heels of the story comes another one that of Jesus had the woman who came and anoints Jesus' feet. You know, she, with her hair, her tears fell on his feet. She washed his feet with her tears, and her hair was sitting there, and she wiped his feet um, with her hair, and she was just, just coming to pour her alabaster box out. She come to love him. She come to care for him. She was full of sin. She, this alabaster box supposedly was like a, a, a year's worth of salary for her. She came and gave all she had that she had been saving up through, through all the things that she had been doing. And, and, and the, the, the disciples, are, look, or Judas, looked at him and, and was like, Hey, listen here. You know, look, look what we could have done with all that money. But see, what happened is... is all that money that was in the, in, the, in the oil, that was more important to Christ that he, just, that he gave all to her rather than taking that and trying to do a few other little things with it. Because of the fact that that was most important that she gave her all. It was more important for her to give her all than take and just divvy it all up. And, and so he looked at them and said, listen, you didn't wash my feet when I came in. And it, which was customary because they walked in Jesus sandals and stuff and there was poop everywhere and they walked around and, and they had to clean, clean their feet off when they came in. He then also, you greet them with a holy kiss. He said, you didn't greet me with a kiss. You know, he said, you didn't, you didn't anoint my head with oil, which is also customary. You know, but, but, he, but this woman has, and her name will go down in history for what she's done. And he says, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. She came, and she, he allowed this person to come up to her that was a sinner to pour her, her life out before him. 
and to love on him like that. Luke chapter 15, 1 and 2 is another story um, where, where uh, it demonstrates the love of God. It talks about the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the lost son in, in Luke chapter 15. And the first two verses, it was talking about, it, says an all, it talked about how many people came to see Christ. It says there were all kind of, all kind of tax collectors. And in, in New Living Translation, it says, and there were notorious sinners that came. And I, I, mean, I love whenever I talk about this part of, of a message because notorious sinners, it's just not someone who, who lied or someone who stole a little bit. Notorious sinners, that means these are probably people who had done, done the most most irreputable stuff and they probably killed somebody it was more involved than just a sin it says notorious it's not just a sinner a notorious sinner came to him and then so then it, then after that so when they were talking about this um and, and come coming at him for that for all these people being with him and him hanging with him he began to tell the three stories about the lost sheep about how um the when one sheep is gone he went he left the 99 and went after the one he talked about the lost coin where the woman had a coin that was precious to her. And she, she tore the whole house upside down, took all the, the, the sheets off the bed, took all the, the pillows off, the, off of the couch. She just tore the place up, took everything out of the cupboards, trying to find that coin because it meant so much to her. And then he talked excuse me, about, about the, the lost son, you know, the prodigal son, the one who left, left his father and ran away and came back. And it says and while he was still away, it says his dad ran to him and jumped on his neck. You know, he didn't wait, okay, come on, you got a long walk to get, you got, a, you got that, that walk of shame, right? No, he took that walk of shame away from him. Oh my God, that was, <laughs> praise God, I felt that. He took the walk of shame away from him, and he came, went to him and jumped on his neck and said that. So anyway, so praise God for that. These three par parables demonstrate how much God cares about the lost. And he's like, you're worried about these people. He said, man, these are the people who I came for. You know, these are the people that I love. These people that are out there in Wilmington that are getting drunk every night and, and doing all kind of drugs and overdosing and doing all these things and illicit sex and, and, and porn. All these people in Wilmington that are doing all these things and those people who just are not with Christ, Christ came for them. And, they're, and, and, and the chances are they are not probably just going to show up to church. They're just not going to say, you know what, I think I'll go to church today. I, 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 you know, whatever. 90% of people who come to, to church is because someone invited them. Luke chapter 5, I mean, Luke chapter 19, 1 through 10. Um, again, the Jewish leaders were, were grumbling because Jesus had gone to be the guest of, a, uh, guest of a man who was a sinner. He was a tax collector, and it was Zacchaeus. And we, we've had a whole message on this as well. Um, this, the, 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 the Jews simply cannot accept the Son of Man um, came to seek the lost and all these tax collectors and all these people were there and he, they could not accept it and whenever he said Zacchaeus Zacchaeus get, went crawl up into a tree and he says Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus come down I want to go to your house today you know and they were coming at him hard because of who he was hanging out with and they're like man look at all of us man look how who we are we're Christians we're, we're godly men and we're, Jew, we're the Jewish rabbis and we why don't you go to our house why are you going to go to his house you know and you know why are you going to the house of a sinner and so it's not, it's not that he hung out with them in a way, because see, I've had, whenever I was a youth pastor, teenagers say, Pastor Doug, you always say hang out with sinners. You know, I'm like, that's not what I'm saying. You know, that's not what I'm talking about. Just go hang out. He hung out with people who were open to him sharing the gospel with them. When he was with them, he just didn't have a drink and hang out with them. 
He, he shared the gospel of, him, of Christ with them. He loved on them. He cared about them. He told them about all the good things and all, all, all the, the wonderful things that, that were in store for them. And so when he was there, he shared with them, and they were open to the message. So, yes, somebody who's not open to the message, yeah, you probably don't want to hang out with them on that kind of level. But someone who is, you want to do that. You need to pray for those other people that they will be open to it. And when that door opens up, walk through it. But, but, but go, to, go to lunch with somebody. You know, invite someone. You know, talk, you know, be with someone who does that, that's open to the gospel. I have all kind of friends from all walks of life, from all backgrounds. I have people that, that, are, that have been to jail, in jail, people that, that, that are all kind of um, uh, different backgrounds, people from both political parties, people from, from all different colors and races and creeds, all different drunks and, and, and addicts and all kinds. I have all those friends. You know, they call me their friend. Now, now, and those that are open to the gospel, I love to talk with them. And I do. I share Christ with them. And, you know, and, and, and I'm not just sitting there the whole time I'm with them talking to them about Jesus. I'm building a relationship with them. I built a relationship with them first. That's why they're my friend. You would think, if they're a notorious sinner's pastor, and you've got all these friends that's got all these bad things that's going into their life, why, why are you call them your friend? Because I took the time to build a relationship with them. Now, because I have that relationship with them, and they're in this massive amount of sin, I can speak to them. I can hang out with them, talk with them, and say, hey, man, you know better than that. You know, yeah, yeah, Pastor, I know, I know. And then I could go into a story that I told one time, or I can go into a scripture, or I can go into a situation, or they can say, man, I'm going through a hard time. Well, you know, let me tell you what, man, I was there one day too, but let me tell you what God did for me. And they, they listen to me and open up to me because of the fact that I am their friend. You, people who, you're, if you're not their friend, they don't want to hear what you got to say. Go up to, a, go up to a drunk somewhere and just say, hey, let me tell you about Jesus. They'll be like, man, get out of my face. I don't want to hear that. So, so that's, what, that's what a friend of sinners is, is, is you got you to be, be able to be open to that and do that. And that's outside of our comfort zone in some cases. But it doesn't matter. It, it's a commission. We all, it's not, well, I'm a little shy, so I can't know. You are commissioned to, to, to make disciples and go and, and preach the gospel to all people. You know, now, and you may not have to preach like stand up on a pulpit or do like that, but you know how else you could preach? By just sharing your testimony. Amen. By just sharing, hey, man, we had a great church uh, Sunday. We had a great service, man. And let me tell you what Pastor said about something, you know, that you're going through right now. Or, you know what? Hey, you know, you're going through a hard time? Man, I'm going, the only thing that's got me through hard times is when I, whenever I pray. And I'll be praying for you. You know, prayer is the only thing that got me through. So, so there's different pre preaching is sometimes it's just dropping little nuggets in their heart. Just doing little things that can help them, you know, because of, because of the fact that, that you know, that, that uh, they need that. Because when we, when, maybe some of you in here today, you, you, you didn't want to come today because you didn't feel like you had it all together. Maybe you were frustrated with your kids or you had a, an argument with your, with your spouse or, or maybe you're going through a storm. And, but you know what? You fought through it and you came anyway. How much harder do you think it is for a non-Christian to come? Because not only are they fighting the same things you're fighting, they know they're not right with God and they think... I've had people come to me actually into this church and say, man, I thought when I came through the door, man, that the, that the, the whole church was going to collapse on me because I've been so bad. You know, and that's their thought process. He was joking, but it's in his mind. I'm bad. I'm that bad. I don't reserve Christ. I don't need Christ. But what better time of the year ever to, to, to invite people to church than at Easter? That's time. People, come to, people who will never go to church again will go to church every Easter. And that's, that's an opportunity for Christ to grip their heart and say, this is not you. Quit this. You can change your heart. You can change your life. You can become a Christian. I got you. And we but they won't come unless we invite them. The good news of the gospel is that Jesus Christ came for people just like you and me with doubts and fears and, and quirks and all kinds of situations. 
Jesus had come near. As we draw near to him, he draws near to us. Paul's um, passion for ministry was to welcome the non-Jewish people um, into, into Christ who did not belong because the, the, you know, the, they, the Jews looked at the Gentiles like they don't really belong. We are the chosen people. You know, we are the chosen people. The message received um, uh, that they received was wrong. And Jesus was like, no, that's, that's not right. I, 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 that's why Paul said, look here, there's no Jew or Gentile in Christ. We're all one in Christ. We're all together. You know, and when, and when I tell you that, and I say the, the Jews thought they were the chosen people, and the other people were outsiders. And right now, when I say that, each one of you in here are like, how many people, how many people think that's wrong to feel that way? That, you know, hey, we're the chosen and no, nobody else. Yeah, everybody, yeah. Yeah, okay. You know what? Here's the thing. We look at them and think that's wrong, but we do it ourselves. We're Christians. I go to church. I got the Holy Ghost. You know, I'm better than you. I live better than you. I'm a better Christian than you. And we do the same thing these Jews did. You know, and, and we, we do the same thing they did. And we look down on people because they're less than, because they got this kind of sin. They did this kind of situation. They're, they're going through this and going through that. And so, therefore, we look at them and we look at our, that, that we are exclusive. But God is inclusive. And he says, I, want, I died for everybody. And then in the third chapter of this letter, um, he, he writes, This is the reason that I, Paul, um, am a prisoner for Christ for the sake of you Gentiles. See, it would be much easier for him to, to stay um, uh, away and stay in Jerusalem and just preach the gospel there. But he wanted to go everywhere and preach to everyone the gospel. He even bumped noses with the, the church leaders in Jerusalem at the time, and, 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 and they were all coming after him. And that's why he spent so much time in jail, and he was ridiculed. Um, and it, it may be easy to get down on these people, but we've got to realize at times we are the same way. You know, we are different. We are better. We, you know, we feel this way. We've got to get rid of that pride issue to where we feel like we have any authority above anybody else um, as far as being a, a better Christian what have you. And I pray that I, 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 I pray that I never do that to someone else. I pray I, I, I might have done that in the past because I was in the past when I was growing up. I, I was more in that, that judgmental Christianity where you judge people. And I, I know, and I have often, and I think I've said this up here before to be vulnerable. I've often prayed, God, forgive me for anybody who I have judged in life and they turn from you because of my judgment of me making them feel like they didn't fit in, like they're not welcome. That they're not good enough. They're not, you know, that they they're, they're, they got this sin in their life. You know, while I may not intend it, I know there's times that we put up walls for people on the outside looking in. You know, so how comfortable, how comfortable does a non-Christian feel around you is what the question I would like to ask. And I have to ask my question self this week. If you had someone who was an addict, someone who was a drunk, someone who, who committed some kind of heinous crime or whatever, and they're around y'all and y'all are in a little group, or maybe it's just you and them, and you're like, hey, man, how you doing? Hey, hey ma'am, how are you doing? How, how comfortable they feel around you? Would they feel comfortable to, just to talk with you, you know? Or, or they feel like you were portraying this that I'm better than you think? And we've got to be careful because it's just happened so long, and we, 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 we often use our Christian ease. That's why a lot of times in church you may hear me explain something that y'all think, well, that's pretty easy. You didn't have to explain that. But I'm explaining it for the new Christians because everybody doesn't know when I say, say certain things. So I try to explain a few extra things. We, know we, don't, because we, we say we, you know, we don't hang out, we fellowship, right? You know, we don't fight, we have intense fellowship. <laughs> you know? We're not lucky, we're just blessed. You know, there is no coincidence, there's a God incidence. You know, 
You know, and you, you, we go on, and people are like, what in the world are you talking about? You know, you, and we, we, we met, just even saying that, people's like, well, you know, hey, man, you're lucky. Oh, I don't believe in luck. You're right, right there. We're just, right there, we're already putting them below us. You know, putting, making us self feel like we're better than them, you know. We, we, we do this all the time to people, you know. Um, you know, and, and I say it as well, you know, I try to say it to Christians, but, but you know, when you walk up to a non, how you know I'm blessed and highly favored and you're not? That's what we're saying, right? That's what we're saying, man. We don't realize. We don't realize what we're saying. We don't realize how we're acting. That's why we said, I said we had to live intentionally. Because if not, you just walk around life just offending all kinds of sinners. And they're like, I don't want to be like him. I don't want to be like her. I don't want that attitude. I don't want to feel that way. I don't want to be judged. I don't want to size up and evaluate somebody like that. You know? And that's what we do. If you go ahead and come here to the... Told you it wouldn't be long. But I want you to know that th th those people in Wilmington that feel that way, they belong here. They are welcome here. You know, and the people who are judgments, they're the ones that's probably going to be asked to leave if they don't change. <laughs> we're not going to have people that's going to constantly be putting people down. We're going to say, you, we're going to love people. And if you can't have, maybe there's a church down the road that is better for you. I want everybody to stay. But what I'm saying is we're going to, we're going to reach the Great Commission and we're going to love and care for people. And we're going to be kind. We're, now, I don't, we're, not, we're not accepting their, their lifestyle and their sin. We're not saying all that. We, we are saying, you know what? I see through the God goggles. I see through God's God goggles. And I'm looking at you as Christ would, as an opportunity that's a soul that's on its way to hell. And I want to build a relationship with you and help you and love you and care for you. That's our job, to love, to care, to be compassionate. Because people who have all these bad stories and they're all addicted, especially people that are addicted, you know, we look at them as these, these, they're addicted. But the thing is, is that most of those people have the most horrific stories. They've got the most broken stories of all the things that they're dealing with, of, all, of what got them there. If you ever take a chance to sit down with, 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 with someone that's an addict or someone that's a drunk and say, how, how did you get there? I was, on the, I was on the streets one time talking to some people, and, and I, uh, this man, he said, man, I, had a, I have a Harvard degree. And he's, I said, well, dude, how in the world did you get here? He said, just one step at a time, man. He said, I kind of turned from Christ, and I kind of started going, you know, I, 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 then all of a sudden I started having marital problems, and, you know, then me and my wife separated, and we divorced, and, you know, I lost my job, and then, then, I, then I started shooting up, and just, it was just like one, one little thing at a time, and then before long, he, all of a sudden he knew he was out there on the streets. He said, man, I, don't, I just don't know, man, I'm, I'm, this is where I'm at now. You know, you, and if, you would sit, if we would take time to sit down and ask people, you, you know, this is a way of, to minister to them. So, hey, tell me about your, what's your story, man? How did, how did you get to where you're at today? Not, not saying, where, how did you get to be such an awful sinner? You know, so, you know but say, how did you, how, what's your story, man? Tell me your life story. How did you, you know, and I'll, I'll share mine with you. And you may not even share it that today. You might say, man, thank you for sharing that, man. That's powerful, man. I just want to think about that, man. That's, that's wonderful to, to hear, hear your story. And maybe sometime I can share mine with you, if you don't mind. And then, you know what I'm saying, it's a journey. We want to, we want to, ba -ba 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 -ba, just punch people in the face. After they've exhausted all of their energy out sharing their all life story, we want to tell them how good God is and how my life was, you know, was, is just wonderful right now, you know. And sometimes that works. You've got to use Holy Spirit to, to really say, you know what, God lead me right now. Should I take another step or is it too much for them? And they, they just need to be loved on right now. And I can just say, man, I see where you're at. I've been, I, see, I see what you've been through. And I hurt for you, man. I'm so sorry that you went through all that. But thank God that you're still alive 
died today. And the fact that you're still alive means there's still hope and that God still has a plan for you. And maybe that's all you need to say. But we got to be praying. we gotta, we got to be, be in step with the Spirit. Because if the Spirit says, okay, say that, and you're back here like, well, what should I do now? You, you missed it. The opportunity is gone. That moment's left. We need to be able to do that. And we need to be able to, 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 to hang out and, and, and be cordial and love on people that we don't agree with, that voted different than we did, that we did or do, that, that are different colors than we are, that are different lifestyles. We need to be able to, to talk with them and just and be cordial and show God's love. You know, and, and we talk, talk about, uh, um, I did a whole sermon on uh, Zacchaeus one time, and, and in that story was something that came out in, in my study in that time that, that was probably one of the greatest parts of that message, I want to bring it out today, was that I said, we all should want to be sycamore trees. Because what happened? That sycamore tree lifted Zacchaeus up so he could see Jesus. And that's what we need to be able to do. Lord, make me a sycamore tree. Let me somehow lift someone up so they could see Jesus. Let me put them up high so they can see you and that you can invite them to your house or you can come to their house. It's a dangerous prayer, though. And if you pray it, you've got to really want to, want to do it. We need to pray on a regular basis. Lord, put somebody in my way today so I can minister to them. A lot of these waitresses at restaurants, you know, are going through a hard time. One of my favorite things to ask is, hey, how, how's your week going? How's your life going, you know? They don't, man, they'll immediately start spitting stuff out to you. Good, good. I'm trying to make it through college. I'm working all night long until midnight. Then I got to get up. I got a 6 o'clock class in the morning, you know. Oh, man, I'll be praying for that, you know. If you can ask them before you eat, it's even better because then whenever you're praying, you can say, Lord, bless our waitress, bless our waiter, Lord, and just they're going through a lot, just help them. And then when they come back, you can say, hey, when we had our, our prayer, prayer over our dinner, we just lifted you up because you seemed like you were just going through a lot right now, and we just wanted you to have peace in this season. I can't, man, the, the, the look on their face. You prayed for me just now? You know, and then sometimes that causes people to come back and want to have more conversation with you because you care about them. Ask people, what's your story? Where you been at? What you doing? Are you looking for a church? What kind of brokenness? What kind of heartache have you been through? What's, what, what's, what, what, what's been on in your life that caused you to feel the way you do? A lot of times when people are all bent up and, and so angry, a lot of times it's because, they, because something's happened. And sometimes when people are so, you know, they're so angry about stuff, I'll say, hey, man, what caused you to feel this way? Where did, what, what happened to get you to where you're at as far as your, your emotions right now? Something seemed to happen. You're pretty bent, bent up on this situation right here. You know, so is there a story behind that? Oh, yes, there is. Let me tell you. And it opens the door. Evangelism, and I'm going, to have, I'm going to have a whole series sometime probably in, in the summer about witnessing, about just how to, a better, how to be a better witness and how to witness and how to share. But, but, man, it's just little small conversations and making people feel welcome and, let, you know, and, and being able to say, you know, someone coming up, that, that you know, one of the greatest things that I would love to do is, is whenever um, when I went to uh, New York for a uh, mission trip as a youth pastor, um, we would go and we would go through all these homeless people and homeless camps and they would say, hey man, I was like, hey, what's up? And I would have like a nice clean shirt on and I would just go up and hug them and they're like, whoa, 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 I was like, what's wrong? And they're like, man, you're, you're, I'm all dirty. I said, man, I don't care. When people really see that we don't care about their filth and their stuff, you know, that we just want to love them. I just want to give you a hug, man. 
really, and they're just, you know, just the, the, their look on their face. But this takes intentional living. This takes us intentionally saying, I'm going to be this way. But we're so bent up on our own stuff. We got so many of our own issues. We're mad. And so when something happens, we're automatically just blowing these people up. We're just going off on them because of the fact that we got so much. We need, we need to go to God and say, God, help me, God. I'm so, I got so much frustration, so much anger right now in my life. God, help me find out where the root of it's at so I can get with it and deal with it and move on because I want to be your love. And I can't be love as long as I'm so frustrated about where I'm at in my life. And we got to go to God and say, God, I give this to you. I cast my cares. Remember that big bag I had in here? Lord, I give, my, I give all this to you. I don't want to be grouchy all the time. I don't want to be mean all the time. I don't want to be the way I am. God, help me. God, help me so I can help others. And then you share that with people. And they love it and they like it. They care, they care about it. Don't miss an opportunity. I'm not saying to every waitress or every waiter, but just if you're, if you're living intentionally, say, Lord, as I go through this day today, if there's a waiter or a waitress maybe, maybe that, that maybe needs some encouragement, just kind of put it on my heart to speak with them. And then when you sit down, you'll look at them, and, and all of a sudden you'll, you'll feel compassion. And you'll know that you're supposed to say something. You know, and talk with them. Maybe give them a little extra tip that day. Do, do a little extra for them. Do a little care for them. Share with them. Tell them, when, and when you leave, say, I'm praying for you. I'm believing God's going, it's going to be better. And if you get a chance, go back at the same time sometime and try to find that and ask for that waiter or waitress and say, hey, I asked for you specifically just so I can tell you that I've been praying for you. What? Little things, it, it don't take much. We, ha we haven't got to come get somebody, here's $300. You know, it, it, sometimes it's just a conversation that'll just change their whole world. Sometimes it's nothing that you give them, just like Peter and Paul. No, I, gold, silver and gold have I none. But this I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ. So we got, we got Palm Sunday coming next week and Easter. Please grab a handful of these. We got 500. We got enough for everybody to take many as they want. And go out there and take them, pass them out, share them with people, give them to people, leave them places. And, 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 and just talk to your neighbors, talk to your friends, invite people. The, to me, one of the worst tragedies at, at Easter is when you have a whole room full of Christians in a room. That breaks my heart. I've had those Sundays. Praise God those Christians are there so we can learn about that. But there's no opera. Matter of fact, any Sunday, any, matter of fact, it's a tragedy in any Sunday that there's not sinners in the, in the room. That we, can, that we haven't, nobody invited nobody or they didn't come or they didn't share. And you never know whenever you'll, you'll invite somebody one, one day and they don't, you don't show up for six or eight months. And then all of a sudden they show up. Maybe somebody that you talked to, maybe that you shared with. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you today for all that you've done. God, help us to be a friend of sinners. Help us not to be judgmental, God, but, but to love and pray and build that relationship with them, Father, so they can overcome what they're going on in their life, God, and they can, Lord, feel your love and compassion, and they can turn from their wicked ways, their sin, their lifestyle. The things that's going on in your life, God. But it takes a conversation. Father, I can't do it all. I need help, Father. I want to win this, this city. And I need people that will go out and, and, and missionary, local missionaries that will go out and start talking to people, loving people, inviting them to church. God, Lord, raise up, put in people's hearts today 
put in people's hearts today a desire for the lost to be saved, to be set free, to be delivered and healed. Help them, Father, today to have the compassion and love that you did for those who didn't, that were far from you. Because nobody in this church is perfect. Nobody in the church is perfect. Father, but you are. Help us, Father, to love and to care for those who are broken. Father, not only those, God, help, help people have the ability to, to, to be in, the, in, in the, the place in their life where they're able, Father, to minister to those who, who are wealthy. Because it's just not the broken that need you, Father. It's those who, some people are so full of themselves with what they have and their possessions, Father. Lord, that, that, that they don't come to church because they think they have it all. And they don't realize they don't have anything. Lord, raise up people in this church that will have the ability to, to rub shoulders with people of high status to where they can share the love of Jesus with. Which is sometimes is even harder than ministering to someone that is on the streets. Bless God. Help us to drop our guard and to start having compassion for people. And looking at people through your glasses and your lens and your goggles and seeing a soul that's on its way to hell. God, I, I see that. God, even when it comes to, 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 to world things in the world like, like you know, Putin and, and Russia, God, Putin needs you, Jesus. He's an evil man, Father, but he's not too far gone that you can't save his soul where he's at today. God, all these people, these murderers and thieves and liars and, and, and bombers and people who go into schools and, kid, and kill kids and stuff, Lord, that's, that's horrific. God, but they need you and you died for them too. Help us not to look at anybody, Father, without saying that that's a soul that needs to be saved and feel like we're better than them. God, we give you praise and honor and glory. We worship you, God. Prick our hearts today. Prick our hearts. Convict our hearts, God. You don't condemn, Lord. You convict, Holy Spirit. So convict us today to be more about your business and to be better at evangelism and to be better at friends because we all have friends that we work with. We all have friends that we share with. We all have friends at, at, at games and different places that we go that don't know Christ. Help us to use our influence for Christ and have that compassion that so many people today have lost over the last three years. We've gotten edgy. We've gotten grumpy. We've gotten rude because of all the stuff that we were going into. God, help us to humble ourselves back before you again and let compassion come back through us and come back to us. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen. Praise God.